Hey there, Mojo Sports fans, and welcome to another episode of the NRL Show. I am your host, Lainey. Following on from Magic Round, and it must have been magic for Queensland teams as all four teams won their matches. Some of the victories were momentous and others were gritty, showing a lot of resilience and toughness to collect their two points. The latter is looking a little bit different coming into round 11, and we are back to normal scheduling with matches on Thursday right through to Sunday. Among those great performances, we saw the South Sydney Rabbitohs continuing to show dominance and intentions to be a grand final contender. Also, the Dolphins showed that they are the real deal and had a huge victory, so they can enjoy their deserved rest after that performance going into the bye for round 11. The team also took some time to discuss referees, their role, their calls, and their consistency. You can find that at the very end of our previews in this episode. We have the full panel with Gabby, Emma, and Lachlan, and we're previewing the matches for round 11 and looking back at some of the best and worst performances of Magic Round. We hope you enjoy the show. Hello, Emma, Gabby, and Lachlan. So round 10 Magic footy round is over. The weather took a bit of a turn after midway in the round and after baking in the heat, a few fans were reaching for their ponchos or hanging around the concourse area just to stay out of the hail and rain. The turf looks like it could do with a rest this week with uh, matches up in Brisbane. Very interesting round. I'm, I'm sure there's a lot that we have um, quite a bit to talk about, especially when we um, cover what we think were the best and the worst performances. So as we usually do, Best player or best team of the round? For me, best player goes to Ruben Cotter for the Cowboys. Just got through a pile of work in the middle for North Queensland in that, I think it's fair to say, a pretty big upset win over the Sydney Roosters. And it's a a very important win at that for the Cowboys in the context of their season. So, yeah, Cotter for me. That's it, Lachlan. I had the same. Thank goodness. I had Jareem Buller for the West Tigers. I think the West Tigers have found what they are looking for in terms of a fullback. I'm excited to see what the future holds for this young gun. I bet you are too, Lachlan. I think he was excellent in defence and, yeah, can't wait to see what we've got in store for Jareem. I had Jareem down as well. And I remember like thinking about what Lachlan had said in past weeks before he was um, put into that spot. You know, I thought the the question was already answered about Charlie Staines being uh, the number one for uh, West Tigers, but uh, Jareem is proving that he's forgotten about Charlie and everyone else should too. What what does scare me a bit about Jareem Buller is, and everyone singing his praises, is just how the exact same thing was going on for my beloved Teddy nine years ago. And now he's he's off and was won premierships with the Roosters. I'm just, I'm so nervous. We can't let another one go. I didn't know he was your beloved, Lachlan, but I'm glad to hear that you uh, think of Teddy in such and a... When I was like six or seven, he was like, he was the, the big thing coming through that was going to save us from our... Uh, you know, dire situation back when it had only been a year or two since we'd made finals and now it's been 10. So not getting my hopes up too much on Buller just yet. But, yeah, great signs. Um, Did anyone have a best team or was it all the Tigers and Cowboys? Cowboys for me just because it was surprising that they won and I'm really happy about it. I had the Titans. Uh, I think... We're starting to see them really come through at the minute and 
Yeah, I like them against the Eels. They all sort of gel so well together. Those are both good choices. I don't think the Tigers should be in the conversation for best team of last round. I think the Dragons were pretty subpar themselves. Cowboys, Titans, the Rabbitohs. So I had the Dolphins. And like thinking back to my preview of that particular match, I was a little bit harsh in my critique about what they should be doing. I don't know, Gabby, if I just took a leaf out of your boyfriend's book with, you know, that criticism of the team that you're going for and then they'll suddenly perform because it felt like everything that I had said they should do, they actually did and they won and it was such a great game to watch. Um, We all thought Sharks were going to be far too strong uh, for that and Dolphins just blew them out of the water. All right, worst performance, uh, team or player? I'll go Sharks. The Dolphins just really blew them out of the water early on. I had Melbourne for obvious reasons. They bored me to tears and I went to bed. So (laughs) that sums them up. But I also was thinking before that Mitchell Moses' kicking game, I thought, lost the game for the Eels. If he had got his conversions, they would have been in it. They would have won it, I think. But he's out this week, so it's no point kicking him when he's down. So Melbourne, 100%. So, Gabby, I'm going to go Melbourne, but closely followed by Manly. That was also a pretty hard game to watch when your husband is a Manly supporter and was sucking all night. They both... Need to do some work there. So I, I promise I'm not going after your other halves, but, yeah, I had Eels and Manly down as uh, worst performance. I, I actually watched that Manly game and I just thought, oh, poor Emma, because yeah, you'd have to be listening to the to the running commentary about how terrible and disappointing that they were, but Broncos just dominated. Yeah, sorry. And Eels who were kind of expected to win um, that particular match, just wasted just a few opportunities there. I'm sorry. So they were my two worst performing teams. Fair call, guys, all of them. But we're back to sort of normal scheduling. So we've got games from Thursday to Sunday uh, to look forward to, and we've got Origin a few weeks away. So I imagine quite a few teams and, you know, especially some players will be looking to try and stand out a little bit, put in their best game and hope for selection. This round, we have a bye to the Dolphins. I think they deserve it. They played really well last uh, round. And, you know, there's been quite a few commentators and just pundits saying that they're not a real team. And uh, they certainly came out and showed that they are. And um, all the Queensland teams won the last round. Okay. Uh, so the first game that we've got on Thursday evening is taking place down in Melbourne. The Melbourne Storm are hosting the Brisbane Broncos. Gabby, Storm is your team. Broncos is your second favourite team. I'm not sure how your loyalty is going to go uh, with this particular matchup as you're watching it. Melbourne Storm are coming off a loss after the last round and the Brisbane Broncos are dominating at the moment, still at the top of the ladder. What can we expect with this match coming up ahead? So Melbourne back at home, which will probably be in their favour. They had the loss last week against the Bunnies in Magic Round. Craig Bellamy actually said that they weren't learning from their losses, which is understandable. They haven't been showing too much consistency. Being back at Amy Park, I think Brisbane are facing the ultimate test by playing the Storm at home. If they can win down there, I think it will add so much towards their potential premiership credentials. They they could go and do it from here, I think. So for the Storm, Bellamy has named his same 17 that actually got beat by the Rabbitohs in Magic Round. The only 
difference is that Tui Kamakameka is listed amongst the reserves on his return from a two-game suspension. Um, he could be named in the squad closer to Thursday night. Other than that, there are no changes to the Storm team. For Brisbane, same sort of situation, very minimal changes. Uh, Kurt Capewell has been named to play despite having a head knock against the Sea Eagles. Other than that, they remain the same same team that played in Magic Round. Corey Oates is still at least another week away from being back to full health, suffering that knee injury. I think the only advantage that Melbourne really have is that it's at home. This game's actually making me quite nervous after watching Melbourne play last week against South. It was almost a little bit embarrassing. Souths were very dominant, but Melbourne just lacked something lacked momentum. I don't know, they just kept losing it. When you thought they had it, it was gone again. Game makes me nervous in terms of Brisbane could do it. I'm just hoping being a Melbourne home game that they can sustain the win. But yeah, I'm thinking they're going to be very close. I think Broncos have been stronger and more consistent. But Gabby, how often do Storm lose twice in a in a row like never but it's it's Brisbane South following then Brisbane like yeah so that's my main thing is I think they will come out with something to prove and they are at home so it's a hard one for me I think I'm gonna have to go Broncos but the fact that the Storm are at home and they will be wanting to try and prove that they're still a great team and I think they still are Um, they've just got some little issues to iron out I think the Broncos have a real chance of running away with this one and putting a bit of a performance on just to like, to really show the competition that they're serious. I think if Brisbane get on the front foot early and score the first try, this isn't the Melbourne of past years. I don't think their defence could just start to fall apart as the game keeps going, especially with Reese Walsh around the back and how great Brisbane's attack has been looking. I think uh, the Broncos can can put it to them early. I think Melbourne are in real danger of falling away. Then the complete opposite could happen as well. You know, there's two, two good teams, so we'll see. I'm going to go for Broncos because stronger. Like there were a few performances from that last game and the week prior. I looked at the storm and I just thought, who are you? Different side, different side. I don't have the confidence to back them. I can say with confidence that the Broncos, you know, much like what Lachlan says, they're going to run away with this. I'm sorry, Gabby. Broncos strength and conditioning team needs a shout out because how do they only have one injury or and a head knock and every other team has so many injuries? I don't think that's just luck. I think the preparation team is doing a good job. 100%. That's a good point. Thank you, Gabby. On to the first match on Friday night, the Canterbury Bulldogs are hosting the New Zealand Warriors at Olympic Park. So both teams are coming off a loss in the last round. Although the Warriors have three straight losses coming into this match, the Bulldogs are at number 15 on the ladder and the Warriors at number 11. So the Warriors beat the Bulldogs earlier this season in round four over in New Zealand, but this time they're in Sydney. And the Warriors are the favourites coming into this matchup. So it could be the fans that make the difference. Who knows? 
So for the Bulldogs, there are only very few changes for them. Uh, Declan Casey's out of the team to make way for winger Josh Adokar, which fans will be happy to know is no longer injured. So after his four-game absence, he's been named to start. And Sam Hughes is out, making way for Harrison Edwards on the bench. For the Warriors, Jackson Ford is out due to concussion this week. And no surprise, Edward Corsi's knee after that clash with Crichton at the, from the Panthers means he's also ruled out. I'm glad to see that Josh Curran is starting in the second row um, for this match because I think he's quite impactful um, whenever he's on the field. Rocco Berry is starting in the centres, which means Marcelo Montoya will wear the number five on the wing. Dylan Walker's been moved to the bench and Ronald Volkman is starting as a 5'8 for the side. Also, they've named Bailey Saronin as the 18th man. So for this matchup, I'm tipping Warriors. Probably no surprise to you all. Uh, I'm just not convinced the Bulldogs have overcome the yips that we've seen in the last few rounds. Burton's a great kicker. His boot seems to keep them within reach of a win, but their defence really needs some tightening up. Um, their completion rates aren't where they should be. Now, the Warriors are really hungry to prove that they are a serious team, and I haven't felt that, especially from the Bulldogs this season. The Warriors will also want to stay within reach of that top eight spot and probably felt they were doubted in the last round. So with some of that controversy or field, the officiating will hopefully be better as there were some really strange calls in both the Bulldogs game and the Warriors' uh, recent matches. Um, although the Warriors lost to the Panthers, they weren't awful. They have a better completion rate and they do have stronger defence. And although the Bulldogs' loss margin to the Raiders was smaller, they weren't necessarily the stronger team. So you can call me one-eyed if you want, but I do reckon the Warriors will want to buck up all of that chat and all of that work, try and get back into the top eight and trying to really prove that they are a serious contender. So I'm going for the Warriors for the win. What do you- I think just going off what you were saying, Lainey, the Warriors, like I know it is all about winning, but the Warriors, even though they suffer a loss, they're playing good footy. It's not like they're losing like, the Dragons, per se, playing, having a shocker, they're playing really good footy. You can't critique, even though they're losing, they're in the game. You can't critique how they're playing. I'm going Warriors. I will tip the Warriors. We want to go to Warriors. Uh, with Adokar back, I'm wondering if that's going to make a bit of a difference and add a bit of spark to the Bulldogs. And I'm not too sure if it will and whether he will play as good as I'm thinking. Um, The fact that he's come back early, I think he should be ready to go. Otherwise, why would they bring him back early? Um, He's obviously impressing them in training, but maybe they're just desperate. Going to go the Warriors, but it's probably going to be one of those ones that I'll change right before the game. (laughs) That was the first game for Friday. Uh, The next game um, on Friday evening, it's the final match on Friday. The Penrith Panthers are facing the Sydney Roosters out at Penrith. Now, I'm not sure how much of a cracker game this will be as it's in the prime time slot. Um, I'll digress further as to why. So the Panthers are coming off a win in the last round against the Warriors. The Roosters are perhaps a bit better after that loss to the Cowboys. Every time I think the Roosters are back, they're not. And it's usually a loss to a side that I think we expected them to beat. Anyway... Panthers are the favourite coming into this matchup in their third on the ladder. The Roosters are at number eight. The Roosters haven't been able to beat the Panthers apparently since round 24 and 2019. So there's a bit of a hoodoo hanging over their heads. 
uh, with this particular team. And so for the Panthers, Ivan Cleary is making no change and he's keeping the same 17-man squad that beat the Warriors in the last round. Um, and he was out for three games with a hamstring injury, but back rower Liam Martin is named in the reserves. We might see him come back. And so for the Roosters, Egan Butcher, due to concussion, um, he's out um, due to the um, 11 day stand down protocol for the NRL. That means that we'll see Angus Crichton starting at second row. Also, Fletcher Baker will be on the bench and halfback Sam Walker, who's been trying to get a spot back on the side, having been in the New South Wales Cup um, for a while. He's listed as reserve. I'm not quite sure whether they'll need him, but he's there. And Jake Turpin has been named as the 18th man. This particular game, I feel as though the Panthers should dispatch the Roosters for this pretty easily, very comfortably. I am tipping them. I'm not quite sure what to make of the Roosters. We've given them a few chances this season and they've shown moments of coming together, like we saw in their matchup um, against the South. And, the, you know, that was quite a big scalp in the, um, in the very early uh, parts of the season. But it feels like other teams are moving on and they're getting stronger and the Roosters are just in this strange holding pattern at the moment. They showed really nothing worthy of praise um, against the Cowboys. Terrible completion, and the Panthers will be a stronger side. We often say some of these premier teams need to step up. Roosters, I think the time is sort of passing for them to be able to to really show that, which is the reason why I'm saying it's Panthers for this one for me. Really excited about this. Um, I love every time Penrith play the Roosters. A really good game. They've been. Two of the best teams over the past five years will be, will be good. It's amazing how quickly the Roosters have become not a very good team this year. Like they've really, from the early rounds where we've got carried quite high hopes, they've really dropped off quite a bit, I think, in terms of everyone's expectations of how they're going to play. So, yeah, I think Penrith will win. And I think they should, if they're serious about going for a three-peat, I think they should do it by quite a bit. Yeah, I'll also go the Panthers. Nothing new really to say other than what you guys have said. Me too. You guys covered it all and this will get the win. Thanks, everyone. The first match on Saturday. It's a mid-afternoon match out at Olympic Park with the South City Rabbitohs up against the West Tigers. Both teams are coming off wins. And Lachlan, this is a bit of a David and Goliath matchup for sure. Souths are in second place on the ladder and the Tigers are at the bottom. Lachlan, we all took the Tigers last week and they won. Um, actions count more than words. And Souths have been showing us how real deal they are and on track for a grand final spot. Using Gabby's words from last week, the Tigers made a few hearts sing with another win. Coming into this round, what can we expect? And will the Tigers perhaps trounce South? Early Saturday afternoon at Homebush, I'm going to get out to this game. This is actually going to be my first West Tigers NRL game of this year, which is quite shameful considering how close I live to Leichhardt Oval. I've had um, a number of unfortunate scheduling issues that means uh, this will be my first, first Tigers game of the year. So very excited about that. Yeah, the Bunnies are looking really, really good. I think I would go so far as saying they're the premiership favourites at the moment. They've got five wins on the trot up in second and a really impressive 28-12 victory over Melbourne at Magic Round last week. And off the back of that, there's no team changes for them. So they're sticking with the same 17 and trusting them to get the job done against the Tigers, who, despite their past two wins, are still... Still languishing down in 17th. Um, themselves coming off a magic round win as well against the Dragons. It wasn't too pretty at times, but they did well to hang on um, and get that win, 18-16. to 16. That was just another game where I was just trying to stop myself from getting too invested. But um, thankfully they got the win. 
Tom Bateman is back into the side after a late withdrawal last week due to a hamstring complaint, and that means Alex Safar misses out. Um, this matchup always reminds me of last year's round seven, I think, where the Tigers upset Souths by one, and that was after they started the season with five losses in a row and then just, just edged Parramatta. So I think they have a real chance of actually just getting another one on the board because why not? It's the Tigers. They'll just do what they like. I won't I won't back them in this. I think the Rabbitohs deservedly the favourites. I think the Tigers will put up a fight. I think it'll be close. I think the Rabbitohs will win and then I think the Tigers will come back next week and lose by a lot and then probably continue that downward spiral. Well, this has been a wild season of footy and I feel like nothing would surprise me at this point. But if the Tigers win, I will be very shocked. I would like to see them get another win, but I just don't see it happening. The Rabbitohs are pretty strong at the moment. I'm going south too, but if West Tigers win, Lachlan, we're getting our grand final tickets. And Yeah, I don't think we need to be worrying about the Tigers making the grand final at the moment, though. I'll take ninth, really. So my head knows that Souths are the stronger team coming in. Um, and I was always, and I was thinking about your comment about the Tigers having two wins in them. And then I think you said they'll go back to their losing ways um, last week. But I refuse to believe that. I'm not saying I don't believe you, Lachlan. But if there was to be an upset this round, this would be it. And it would be the best upset. And the Tigers can, can dream. So can fans. I'm tipping Tigers. Maybe I've been living in the inner west for too long, but the fans this week have been out and about and full Tigers merch all around my neighbourhood. Actually, been great. You can really see their pride. So for them, I'm going to tip the Tigers. All these Tigers fans have come out of the wood all of a sudden in the past few weeks. Nice. Like, yeah. everyone's been suffering in silence, and now we can all celebrate together. All right. Also on Saturday, North Queensland Cowboys are taking on the St. George Illawarra Dragons. It might be a nice change of scenery and the warmth for the Dragons up in Townsville. The weather forecast shows that it's going to be around 26 degrees with the usual 65% humidity. I'm unsure if that will be too much humidity for a Dragon to breathe fire. But Emma, first of all, great performance of the Cowboys over the Roosters. Gabby tipped against them and they won. Uh, still solid in her uh, form. Uh, you went on record and tipped against them for the first time. I remarked last week that the Cowboys were camped out on Struggle Street and still tipped them. The Dragons, who we often call deceiving, are still deceiving their fans' hopes and have five straight losses. The 16th on the ladder and the Cowboys are a couple of runs above them in 14th place. Is this match going to be as gritty as we think it could be or it's pretty much uh, done and dusted for the Cowboys? Just said I went on record to say I was going to tip against the Cowboys last week, but as you all know, I messaged you last minute to say it just didn't feel right, and I had to tip the Cowboys. And thank goodness I did. Be happy to get a win finally. But the Dragons are due for a win, I feel, and it concerns me because as much as I'm hoping that the Cowboys have found a little bit of something that they can use that momentum, I'm a bit concerned that it's time for the Dragons to finally pull off a win. After last week's round, um, Todd Payton's named the same 17 with Riley Price as 18th man. And even though the Dragons uh, had a loss to the Tigers, Anthony Griffin has also named the same 17. Ben Hunt will be chasing a win for his 300th game. So he will be, I think, the 47th 
player ever to get 300 games. So Cowboys have won their last three games against the Dragons and by a fair bit as well. So hopefully they can do that again. Has been talk about Anthony Griffin. I don't know if you guys have been seeing it lately that um, he will keep his job for the rest of the year, but Dragons don't start to do something. I don't that we'll try and get rid of him early. I would, that would probably be desperate too by the sounds, but um, yeah, they reckon he's going to stay around for the year. So we'll see. I am going to tip the Cowboys by two points. I think it'll be a little bit of a back and forth game this one. I'm going the Cowboys too, which may mean terrible, terrible things for them. (laughs) Every time I back them, they lose. But when I don't, they win. I can't tip the Dragons. Physically, I cannot bring myself to do that. I think the Cowboys, that win last week, will give them a bit of confidence and the Dragons just have zero. So. Cowboys will get up easily, I think. This is going to be a weird, weird game, I think. The Dragons have gotten into this weird pattern of losing in heartbreaking circumstances. I feel so bad for their fans right now. Had a lot of close losses, and I think the same thing's going to happen. I think the Cowboys are going to do it, and it's going to be close. I'm actually really looking forward to watching it. Emma, I'm going to go for Cowboys. It's their natural environment up there in Townsville. I think the fans will be pumped after their last win. Also, they won't have off-field politics and and uncertainty around them and around their players. So I think they're in a better mental space this match. Um, I feel sorry for the Dragons fans. There's been a lot of chat this week about players who just want to leave. We don't like it there. And I think the uh, losing ways are um, really affecting their morale. Um, So... I have a feeling that the Cowboys are a little bit more focused to come in with the win for this, and um, I think their fans will be helping them get there. Thank you, Emma. In the final game for Saturday, the Canberra Raiders will be hosting the Parramatta Eels. It could be a very cold evening as we have felt the chill settle in. The Raiders really dug in to stay in that game in uh, Magic Round against Canterbury Bulldogs as there were some moments when fans were maybe unsure if they could hold on with so many calls against them. However, they are in with a win and they get the two points. Gabby, this is down in Canberra. You are very close to the uh, Canberra region to know how cold it will be. Uh, the Eels are coming south uh, because they'll be hosted um, by Canberra. Um, do they need to um, wear some thermals underneath their uh, jerseys when they turn up to play for this game? Definitely. Jackets, long pants, the works. I'm actually going to this game in Canberra this week. So I'll be wearing jackets, long pants, the works, because it will be absolutely freezing. Excited. Uh, The Raiders had a close win against the Bulldogs in Magic Round, but they've actually now won four in a row. So they'll be looking to extend that streak this week against Parramatta. Last week, Parra suffered a loss to the Titans. It's a bit of a weird one, that one. Uh, I genuinely expected Parra to come out and win, but the Titans were surprising. So this week, off to Canberra, the big news out of Parramatta is the loss of Mitchell Moses, who will miss out on Saturday's game um, as he'll be following the mandatory 11-day concussion protocols because of a head knock that he suffered against the Titans. So Jake Arthur will be filling in at halfback uh, for Mitchell Moses. Uh, this will be the first time we've actually seen Jake play. He's been named at 18th man for the past three weeks. First time we'll see him since last year's grand final where he actually scored a try, which was exciting. Uh, the loss of Mitchell Moses will put a bit of pressure on Dylan Brown, I think, but I think he'll be able to cope with it. 
Um, it'll be interesting to see whether Jake Arthur can step up against the green machine. The Raiders, on the other hand, only one little minor change with Albert Hopawade returning to the swing in place of Xavier Savage, who then drops to 18th man. But that's the only change to the side that beat the Bulldogs in Magic Round. I think this will be very interesting, very cold. Ryan Madison for the Eels is actually playing his 150 NRL game. So that'll be exciting for Parramatta. But I am going to back the Raiders this week. I'd like to see Parra get the win, especially going and watching them play. But I think they've been too inconsistent. And the Raiders at home, I think they'll be used to the conditions. Uh, That Canberra crowd always gets them in the mood. And, yeah, as I said, coming off four wins, they'll be hoping to make that five against Parramatta. So, yeah, controversially tipping the Raiders. I actually think the fact that the Raiders have won so many in a row is a reason that I don't want to tip them. I know that sounds stupid, but I just feel like they're not as consistent. I feel like they can't keep it up, even though that just makes no sense. So I'm going to go the Raiders anyway. Well, for your boyfriend's sake, I hope the Eels win. I'm going to go Raiders. Both of these teams have been quite disappointing at points, and I will go... Raiders. Yeah, I'm going Raiders as well. I actually can't believe they're sitting ninth on the ladder ahead of the Eels on 13. They've been doing a lot of things right lately. I'm with you, Gabby. I think that they know how to win in Canberra and they're on a bit of a high and they'll keep going. So, yeah, I'm going for Raiders. Thank you, Gabby. I'm definitely going to tune into that one and stay warm if you can. First game for Sunday. Uh, We've got the Newcastle Knights returning from their bye round and to take on a very pumped Gold Coast Titans out in Newcastle. So the Titans for the first time are in the top eight of the ladder and the favourites coming into this match. Emma, I wondered if perhaps I was foolish tipping the Titans in the magic round, but in a thriller against the Eels, they showed some real fortitude. Well, and I'm just wondering, will they likely bring that into this match to arrested Knights? Can they back that up in Newcastle? I think they can. I am going to back them. Before their bye, they had lost their last three games in a row, so not a good position to be in. Maybe they'll come back a little bit fresher, but uh, I wouldn't be so sure. They have been, I feel like, a little bit unlucky this year, though. A few of their losses have been quite close and it could have been a win, but just haven't quite been able to get over the line. Whereas the Titans, they've found themselves in the top eight now, so they are doing pretty well, I think, probably better than a lot of people would have expected. Knights playing at home should be a boost for them, though, and they have won three of their last four games there. And the Titans haven't done well historically at that stadium, so they've only won four of their last 13 games, the Knights home games. So, yeah, that's probably not the best for them, but saying that, I think they're still in better form. For the Knights, Kurt Mann has been sidelined with abdominal injury, and Phoenix Crossland will take his place as a hooker, leaving his bench position for Adam Elliott, who will make a comeback from the groin injury he got in the first game of the season against the Warriors. That's the only main changes for the Knights. And then the Titans, they only made one change, which is Cruz Leeming's coming back to the bench and Keanu Kinney is switching to the 18th man. With the Titans, I've been really impressed lately with Jaden Campbell. I think he's done really well as a as a young player and I'm always excited to watch him play. I think he's pretty impressive. I am 
going to tip the Titans, but I think it'll be a close game and wouldn't be surprised if the Knights can finally break their losing streak here. This is another odd matchup for me. I don't know really how to explain it, but the past three games that we've just talked about all seem kind of odd. <laughs> I find this a tough one to pick. I'm going to go Titans just based off the form, I guess. Gold Coast have also shown how quickly they can just turn into a really bad team. So. I'm going Titans as well. Like you guys said, this is a tricky one. It could go either way. I'm just hoping that the Titans can take a bit away from last week beating Parramatta and take that momentum into this week and hopefully get the win against the Knights. I'm going to go Titans for this. I know like at one time we were saying that perhaps the Knights are the Dark Horse team who are like sort of coming back and they were beating a few of the uh, teams sort of early in the season, but I, I kind of feel that the Knights are going to fade back a little and the Titans will be looking to back up that win last week. They've got a pretty strong side. I don't know, maybe Lachlan Miller um, back at fullback for the Knights might be the lucky combo that they need in order to sort of get back to that form where they were able to prize uh, a few of their opponents. I'm going for Titans for this. Thank you, Emma. Uh, It's the final match of the round between Sam Manley Sea Eagles against the Cronulla Sharks, and it's at Brookvale Oval. Both teams, they suffered a hiding in the last round. I mean, most of us thought the Sharks would dominate in the Finn Derby, but they were not the team that we are used to seeing. Manly were clearly missing Jake Trevojevic in the mix, but perhaps not all down to him being the reason why Manly are not living up to the excitement we saw pre-season. This match, Lachlan, Sharks are the tip favourite coming in at fourth place on the ladder, and Manly have fallen out of the top eight uh, at number 10. Can the Sharks redeem themselves, or Manly fans can continue to hope their club will come back? So both of these clubs have had a really interesting season so far. Manly kind of came out of the blocks firing, now kind of faded away a bit, whereas Cronulla had that injection of Nico Hines after a few rounds and everyone was like, whoa, this is a premiership winning team. But now, again, I don't know. Not so much, maybe. Both teams coming off, I think, fair to say, not so magic round. Manly just outside the eight. Cronulla just hanging on to the four. They both got a lot to play for here. A very important match for both sides. And I think they'll play like it, play like that as well. Poor defence from Manly kind of cost them in their loss to Brisbane. Brisbane did play very well, to be fair. They lost 32-6, to six, the Seagulls did. But they've named the same 17 despite that loss. The Sharks side, they were on a three-game winning streak, actually, heading into the Dolphins game. I'm not really sure what happened, to be honest, to them. As I said, they got blown out of the water. And they just they couldn't keep it with the Dolphins, you know, the new team. So that's a bit of a worry for Cronulla. I think how they play this week, how they bounce back, is going to be super important. A good a good indicator for where they sit at the moment. So their only changes, Delphi Nukin will start with Cameron McInnes moving back to the bench. A little interesting thing I found while looking at this game, Sharks have won less than 29% of all 96 games between these two sides. That's a pretty big swing to Manly, all up, especially over that amount of games and that many years that they've been playing each other. So I think Sharks will win... And I think they'll win by around 10. I think they both have some bouncing back to do. It's really hard to base it off just last week because I think they both played pretty poorly. It's a bit out of character, I guess, for the season for the Sharks, but Manly not so much. If Manly continues to play that, they're going to just keep slipping down. But I think that was kind of maybe a one-off for the Sharks. Everything's telling me they pick Manly just because it's a home game, but... I think that's also very silly. Anyway, I'm going to go Manly. I'm going to go the Sharks. 
off the comment you made, Em, about it being characteristic of the sea eagles to sort of be on this little losing path, whereas the sharks can, I think, bounce back a little better than they can. So that's all I'm basing it on. Manly home game, yeah, no, I'm sticking with the sharks. Yeah. I'm going sharks too. I mean, look, I know last week before we went into the Dolphins sort of preview, I was saying, oh, yeah, the sharks are the best attacking team you know, in the competition, um, they still are compared to Manly. Uh, so I think they'll be able to take it to them for this match um, over at Brookvale. Um, and they're still without Jake Trevojevich. He And, like, he's a hard worker for that team, such a yeah. hard worker. And, and you know, and I know we were talking sort of early on about Tommy Trevojevich. And I remember there was that moment in the Broncos game where there was a breakaway from, I think it was Cobo, running yeah. down. And you just saw Tom just lose puff, lose steam. He wasn't able to get there. And I feel like he's not been running at like 75 or even 80% since he's been on. I, I don't understand why the coach hasn't just rested him because I think every time he keeps um, getting on the field, he's just losing more steam. And I think Manly have got it for this. Sharks are going to be pissed off after that Dolphins loss last round. They're going to be coming in real strong. So, yeah, I'm going for Sharks. I think there's definitely still something wrong with him. He doesn't look 100%. He, he's not sprinting like he normally would, and it looks like he's trying to save himself a little bit. Well, I know why he's still named, because they know they need him <laughs> to win, and they can't win without him. But maybe if you rest him and just take the loss, you'll be able to play him at full strength one day. But Psychological with yeah. him. Like, it'd have to be. I'd be the same. I'd be that paranoid that I was going to do my hamstring again. That's the same fears I have with Ryan Pappenhausen coming back, yep. just getting re-injured. It's all psychological. And because it was his groin most recently too, wasn't it? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So his groin hammy's like he's probably doesn't even – they changed his running technique, which I was saying like four years ago they needed to change. He's probably just yeah, scared now, I think. If I was the opposition, I'd be peppering him because he's a weak spot. You can see it. It's written all over him. I like him, but I just don't think he's set to return, not to make it about Ryan Pappenhausen again, but he's having this such a long stint away from the field. Maybe Tommy Turbo needed a bit longer. Right. Thank you, Lachlan. Thank you, everyone. I just wanted to ask you, as a Warriors supporter, with the comments that were made in regards to potential bias do you agree or not agree without getting too controversial I you know I have for a long time felt and I and I mean a long time I've been watching the Warriors since 95 um I have for a long time felt that because they are a non-Australian team they don't always get fair officiating when they're playing on Australian soil and I mean I'm not going to go through all the footage to to like pick them out but I mean Panthers are the favorites they will in most cases and I think there has been a study that's um you know proven to show that if you're the favorite team you don't get as many harsh calls against you um and perhaps they were in favor for this match and that's the reason why um he made those comments but I think the Warriors for a while were kind of like the Cowboys. Um, like for a long time there, it's, they just weren't getting, you know, uh, what do they call it, the rub of the green or something like that. Um, they weren't necessarily getting a, a balanced view 
and a balanced call when it came to decisions with penalties with sim bins and and such and i don't know we might see a change this year but you know they've been around since 95 it's 2023 it shouldn't take until now for them to start you know officiating the game better and fairly so that's just me <laughs> no that's cool i wanted to say yeah what being a diehard warriors supporter just see what oh. your opinions were in terms of, yeah, you've been watching them for that long. Do you think there's been a shift? Do you think it's been like that for that long? But, yeah, makes sense. Yeah. I mean, it, sort of, it was improving from about 2010 to 2011, but then after 2011 it just went back to unfair reffing. But I don't know, maybe, like, I mean, it's a bit of a segue here and a side point, but I often feel that our referees need I don't know, refresher training, more referees to come through. Um, you know, and we see a lot of inconsistencies in the way each referee officiates each game, um, which is, I think, one of the um, points that came forward um, for this. And, like, I even watched that Souths game and then I saw Latrell doing things and then he doesn't get sinbin, he doesn't get penalised. And it's like, well, which is it, you know? So I don't know. I don't know whether they need more referees but or better referees or whether they do what we do in nrl which is you know if you're not cutting it in the nrl comp you can go and do state cup you know and then move someone else up i don't know if that's the answer but yeah i think there's been too many games that we've witnessed for too long in which the referees have really affected the outcome of the game and i think some teams have felt it a lot more than others and i think the warriors are among them well said i think this is kind of the plight of the sports fan i think every sport fan in most sports will have similar feelings towards the officials i think that might be fair to say and the issue is it's, it's abuse obviously it's not what we're talking about here but referees cop a lot on field and off field especially in online world and that means that we're losing referees coming through the ranks as well. So we definitely have a bit of a referee shortage. I know I, my games are always refed by people in their, mostly in their 40s or 50s, whereas sports like AFL that always have the junior umpires, stuff like that. I think there's a lot to unpack referee procedure, I guess, but it's hard to make any judgment calls on it because I don't know what life is like as a ref day to day, like what training they do, what they do throughout their work week as a referee. I'm sure there's a lot of video analysis, a lot of work that goes into every game that they officiate and recapping those games as well. A lot of coaching. Every club to some extent feels that they've been poorly treated by the refs. Whether the Warriors have a case or not, I don't know. But when I was younger, it was always, you know, everyone leaving Leichhardt Oval after the Tigers lose yet, yet again. It was always the refs' fault. Always refs just don't like the Tigers or even people saying like refs don't like Penrith. I've heard plenty of Penrith fans say that over the past few years because they've been winning. They don't want them to keep winning. There is a lot to unpack there in terms of referees. What you said, Lachlan, have you seen how, like obviously they are, but like, you know what's really impressive is watching the refs like warm up before a game. They're super fit and sometimes like it is, I love watching the, just watching the touchies like running when someone's trying to score a try and no one's noticing that they're like just as fast. Another thing just quickly with the refing is 
sometimes slips my mind that this one referee system is still a bit odd for the refs as well. Like we've had a two referee system for a long time during these two, 2000s and during COVID that switched back to one ref. So maybe that's something we should look at going back to a two referee system on field. Yeah, that's a good point. On top of the hundreds of eyes that are watching slow-mos in the, in the um, bunker. Well, the amount of work that one referee has to do like in a game on field, like that's 80 minutes of being the sole person in charge of every play, getting back on side and then yelling at the players to get back on side and then telling the touchy, talking to the touchy about who's on, who's off, making sure players don't chase kicks when they're offside. Just little things are just constantly every single play. I think the bunker's got all this vision and all of this stuff accessible to them. Why aren't they doing that anyway is like the virtual second ref anyway. They can certainly see who's onside and offside. They can see what's a forward pass, can't they, from the position? They're, of- they're not in the same place as the game. So they're like even just like transmission delays and talking like that, I don't think it really works as a live referee being in the bunker. I think it works as like, you know, as it uses, as it's been used now to like um, talk about any decisions in a stoppage of play about like mm-hmm. sim bins or potential reports or whatever. Um, I don't know, that's certainly an interesting thing. I'd never thought of using the bunker as a live referee like that. So what I don't like about the bunker is that it is in slow-mo and sometimes you're going to pick up one little thing and watch it a thousand times and it's going to look way worse. Penalties and stuff like that, when you watch it super slow-mo and it's going to look like something way worse than when it actually happened that it was a complete accident or like the idea that you can watch it in slow-mo and see exactly what happened but I feel like sometimes it's a bit overused and over-exaggerated because it's not the same speed you know yeah you need to see it in live action to get a full understanding of the like you know the context of it yeah and, and for players like they don't have time to react in- and sitting in the bunker like you can't get a feel for the game you can't talk to the players you can't um, feel the crowd even like maybe that's a good thing but just all these little things I don't, yeah i'm not sure that works I just know when I used to referee junior league football, I've done a lot of stressful things in my life, but that would be up there with the most stressful things I've ever had to do was ref junior football, not NRL level. So I I always hate when people blame the refs and I'm never one to blame the ref. We're not out there doing it. Their job is ridiculously hard. Whether they get it right or wrong, it's human error. They're always going to get a few things wrong now and again but my god it's stressful yeah and such a low rewarding job too like maybe it's rewarding for them but I don't see an upside like people are going to hate you no matter what call you make and it's stressful at the time it's stressful after and that's part of the reason why just when I had a brief stint as a NRL development officer when they started bringing in the elimination of competition for juniors It had a lot to do with the fact that referees were getting abused on the sidelines by parents week in, week out. And Lachlan, you can probably vouch for this being in junior footy. You've probably seen it a lot more than I have. I know I was never really abused in terms of, like I said, minis, but I've seen it. And there's no wonder there's a shortage of refs. Like it's potentially the worst position to be in. And I give them all the credit in the world. They shouldn't be the ones that are in the spotlight. There was a lot that we covered there. I have a feeling there'll be a lot of people also making side comments about uh, what we've covered. 
And there you have it, everyone. That is our show. Thank you, Gabby, Emma, and Lachlan. Thanks for tuning in, and we truly appreciate your support. Hope you can tune in regularly. Please feel free to tell a friend about our show and help us to spread the word. The panel spent some time discussing the potential selection for Origins Game 1 teams, so we will release a separate bonus episode about our thoughts before our next weekly episode. So please keep an eye out for that one and share with us your thoughts. Don't forget to subscribe, download our episodes and give us a follow on Instagram and Twitter or read about our panellists for all our shows at our website at mojosports.com.au. Wishing your team a great round of football and with no injuries. And until next time, take care of yourself and each other.